Welcome back to My Seminary Life. I'm your host, Brandon Knight, and today we have our first of two missionary interviews. I have my good friend Jamie Taves of GoCore with me here today. Thanks for having me on, Brandon. Of course. Thank you for saying yes. I'm always a little nervous because I have a hard time uh, with rejection. I always have, I'm a little nervous whenever I ask somebody to be on the show for the first time. It's a real thing. You, I didn't have any problem with asking because I, you're, you're a great guy, and I was just very confident. I was like, yeah, this, this is something Jamie would want to do. I appreciate that, of course. So, um, for those of you coming in for the very first time here on the show, I talk about the stuff I'm studying in grad school as I'm working on my Master of Arts in Ministry Studies. I'm in a class called Intercultural Ministry Studies, where we are being challenged with the reality that. The world works differently in different parts of, the, of different countries. There are different cultures, worldviews, beliefs, everything. It looks different all around the world. And even you don't even have to go far to find a different culture, really. just We actually live statistically in one of the most diverse areas of the state of Indiana. And so... In my experience, this whole study, this intercultural thing in the past has been pushed off more as like a missionary thing for sure. But now we're really being um, challenged to realize that as ministers of the gospel, wherever we are at, even in the United States, this is a reality that we have to, through wisdom and prayer and guidance of the Holy Spirit, figure out when to embrace other cultures, when to look at it through a biblical lens and maybe challenge different cultures and even to hold it up as a mirror to our own culture because America is not the most godly country. Individualism isn't really a virtue of the Holy Spirit at all. And because this has been presented as like, this is a thing for missionaries, but actually it's a thing for everybody. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here because you are a missionary but your mission experience, your experience as a missionary is different from how people would normally think about mission work. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit, what is GoCore and what do you do there? Yeah, thanks, Brandon. So GoCore is the organization I'm with and they specifically target college grads and offer them two-year placements uh, overseas, typically using their degree uh, with the opportunity to share the gospel and, and everything that they do, which is a pretty incredible opportunity. And I will say, first off, that um, cultural experience is, is a huge heart of ours because okay. while we send um, these college grads overseas, it is a benefit to, to know god's heart for the nations and you see that the more you study culture okay and i will say i i definitely see where you're coming from when you say individualism is <laughs> is, is not really a godly thing but um that's very much our culture and i wouldn't say i would completely categorize it as bad i would just say it's very american okay and that you, you do see parts in scripture you know when jesus goes off and prays by himself mm -hmm. and then there, there, there's sure. a balance there. And there's so, a balance. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But I, I definitely see from an American perspective, it, it definitely looks like a bad thing because when you get too much of it. Yeah, I, I think I think from an American, pers uh, a Christian per American perspective, it can very easily become an idol. Yeah. Like yeah. it is all about me. Absolutely. But you are right. We do have these examples of scripture of when Jesus or other heroes of the faith, Moses, Elijah, go off by themselves to pray, reconnect with God. So alone time is okay. Like being an individual is okay. But yes, I agree with you that maybe, maybe I missed it. But... And that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so GoCore is about equipping college students, you said, to go into missions. And I like, I, I didn't know this part, or maybe I forgot when you have told, we've talked about before that they're looking specifically to use that individual's uh, degree, what they studied to when they put them in the mission field correct? Yes. So specifically, um, sorry, I should have worded that a little better. We actually target 20s, people okay. in their 20s. So college grads 
are typically in their 20s, which is why we say that. Sure. But we send anybody in their 20s, and we do that because um, people in their 20s are usually the most mobile, typically okay. not married or tied in with the career. Sure. You know, just coming out of college, usually you're like, oh, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So then what do you do? Are you a recruiter or what are you doing? Yeah. So my job specifically coming on was video production. I studied uh, video production in college. I love working with a camera and, and trying to tell a story and specifically documentary style, telling a story that is happening, that, that God is doing in somebody else or in a, a movement or a thing. And man, the more I studied, the more I realized that it's really hard to do. Um, really? Yeah. But I love doing it with GoCart and I love the opportunities that they provide. Um, it makes it a, a little bit easier honing in and saying like, oh, we're going to send this this person to this country, mm-hmm. let's say Zambia, and um, we can... Well, well, we can use Agora, for example. So Hannah and Zambia, we can we can study her and see what God is doing in her and ask her, like, how is the Lord moving in the organization you're there with? Mm-hmm. How is the Lord moving in you? And then we, I can go down there and shoot her story and mm-hmm. bring it back and show, like, hey, this is what the Lord's doing in mm-hmm. this country. And the more I can do that and share the need in other countries mm-hmm. for more people to go that essentially is mobilization and that okay. is what uh, i want to do especially through video help mm-hmm. those or in other countries that might need support raising mm-hmm. while also sharing the need in other countries for more to go when we met uh we've been friends four years i think that's how long i've been at hp uh, when we met four years ago and we were getting to know each other, you brought this up that you have a passion for making documentaries about missionaries. And how do I want to phrase this? I found that very refreshing and righteously cool. And I, I, I say righteously cool because it is cool. You want to make documentaries. That is a cool thing. But I, I've, it's refreshing because coming from like the ministry world and Christian higher education, I hear a lot more of a, a general, this general idea of, I want to be a pastor. I want to be a missionary. I want to do whatever God calls me to do. And I'm not trying to judge those people, but it's, it's more vague and open-ended because sometimes you just don't know. Like you said earlier, college students fresh out of college typically have a period of, who knows what's going to happen next. But to hear you say this very specific, like I want to make documentaries that tell the stories of missionaries to help mobilize them, to help bring support to them. Very different, very refreshing. You mentioned there, uh, there, there's been some difficulties or that you you've gone through some growth in your production. So what are some of these difficulties or growth that you have seen since you've started working with GoCore? Yeah. So uh, a big one I would say is um, I'm used to working with a team. And I guess maybe that's just how my education was. When I learned, it was like, oh, you learned how Hollywood did it. Okay. Well, Hollywood has a a multi-million dollar budget. They have hundreds of people working on their sets. Okay, Mm -hmm. It's really different. I would say, and then coming out of college, I worked with um, a guy who had a lot of connections and we would always go do shoots with, you know, groups of 10 to 20 people on this set. Okay. And so I'm used to having a small role and doing that one role well. Okay. And so I really had to kind of adapt coming out of that and learning, you know, with GoCore, I am the producer and the director and the camera op and, (laughs) and the editor. Mm -hmm. And so, I I know a lot of those skills, but I'm not always the best at them. So it really stretches me sometimes to, you know, like I like to write, but I'm not very good at it. I'm better at working with someone who is good at writing (laughs) and maybe being another perspective. But with this, like it's challenging for me to, to hear someone's story and then kind of write up what a documentary might look like. Cause Mm -hmm. not, 
it's hard to think about, but a lot of documentaries are written, even mm-hmm. though they're live events. It, it, sure. It, it's how it works. And so that's, that's a big challenge for me. And then um, another challenge is just in general, mobilizing um, college students. So I, I didn't mention this before, but it is part of my job role as well to get in front of college students at times and mm. um, tell them about what we do directly okay. um, and going to different colleges. And so that, that as well is a bit out of my um, expertise and I love doing it. Uh, I love the opportunity to share what God's doing, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit of a challenge for me sometimes. I, uh, this is ignorant because I don't know, cause you come from a very different field of study. How much writing does go into documentary work? Cause like you said, it is, you know, capturing an event. It's not like, you know, writing a star Wars script or whatever, right. but how much goes into crafting a story yeah. for documentary work? Yeah. So I'd say it probably depends on the kind of documentary, but okay. um, in most, um, usually you typically know what um, the story, the general story might be like, and you would need to write a, a general outline. Now, most mm. documentary work is probably written very loosely, meaning it, it's mm. written out with the mindset of this could completely change. But okay. it helps to have a direction going into it because if you have a producer or someone who is a, a, up above you, they need to know like, how, how do I gauge like what's happening here? You, I'm you're not just mm. going to fly you out to country and be like, shoot, whatever you want. Okay. You know, so mm-hmm. I need to do research. Like what is the Lord doing here? Okay. What is this church doing? Are they reaching out to this baseball community? What kids in this baseball community are, are willing to go on camera? Okay. What is that kid's story? So it gets real specific. Okay. And then once I find that kid's story, and I learn about it, I'll, I'll try and write it out so okay. that I can visualize it in my head. Sure. I, I, then I, from that point, I can be like, okay, there's this baseball game and this was a, a significant point in the story Okay. and it already happened, but we might be able to shoot something similar to it. Sure. Okay. And so I want these shots or okay. maybe we can gauge like, oh, there's an event that happens every month and it's coming up. Uh, okay. So I can write that in. Interesting. Does GoCore send you on assignment or as stories are coming in, do you kind of like go through them and decide this? I think I could do something here. How does that work? Yeah. So it's been um, a bit of a challenge lately. We've been thinking about that. Like how are are these stories being used um, and are people seeing them? And we've realized that we want to grow our YouTube audience more and, and what, mm. what grows on YouTube. So we're thinking about the very, very end of a video and how it might be used before we put any effort into it. Makes sense. And so, you know, I just drew a blank. What was the question again? <laughs> no, it's good. Um, so does GoCore send you on assignment or as stories are coming in? Cause I'm sure reports come back and you get, you know, emails or whatever. Do you, you know, something come across something you're like, I think I could do something with this. How does that work? Right. Yeah. So I usually have a list or a tally of like goers that would be good on camera because um, let's be honest, some people just aren't great in front mm-hmm. of the camera and it's nothing against them. It's just um, a lot of people don't want to watch someone who's not great on camera. It's true. A- and yeah. I know because I'm not scared of the camera, but I've been in front of it and I know I'm boring because I've edited (laughs) my own stuff and I'm like, wow, I don't want to be in front of the camera. But well, that makes me feel extra special because you did ask ask me to help you once with a video project. So I appreciate thinking I work well behind or in front of the camera. Yeah, no, (laughs) you were great. And usually it's people who are are comfortable um, like on stage or who are typically performing in some way. Um, who are comfortable in front of camera or are just outgoing and, and a bit of and good with words. Uh, so there's different things. So like that's a criteria. And then um, also people who are able to storytell, like those can be mm. two different skills. Yeah. And people who can storytell are um, make it real, my job real easy because then I read their newsletters and I'm like, well, this is a great story. Let me okay. let me follow up on this. And so sure. I have like a few stories of things that are being done around the world and I kind of follow it and 
Um, if it's something we want to do, then we reach out to them and, and be like, when might be a good time in the year that we could come and, okay. and capture, you know, this. And another really hard thing is a lot of the people that we send go to closed countries. And so oh, it's like, you have this okay. awesome story. We want to tell this. And they're like, great, we'd love for you to tell it, but you can't use my name. You can't use my face. I get you. You can't use an organization. It's like, well, then we're almost making up a whole new story. And so, yeah. Is a great that is that is that sounds really difficult. Where are some of the places you have been? Have you yet that you've gone off to to make these stories? So I can tell you, I've been to. So this last year was the first time we um, went and did this mm -hmm. in different countries. We were kind of just doing this a little bit in the states, okay, with alumni. But I went to the first two places I went was Italy and Sicily. We have like mm. a, a baseball placement which is okay. really interesting baseball in Sicily. Um, True. <laughs> and the other one was in the Middle East. Um, Central Asia, Okay. technically, uh, would be where they call it. And um, they are doing some really cool stuff being a, a huge movement in this in this country um, by using uh, discipleship and, and they have this formulated structure for how the church grows in smaller villages outward. Mm. And it's, it's incredible how fast it's growing like in the last 10 years. Um, I don't, I don't want to give numbers because I, I'm not the expert on it directly, but, um, I can tell you that, um, it's, it's pretty shocking, like hearing similar to like the things like, you, you know, the Chinese church is the fastest growing church in the world, sure. things mm -hmm. like that. And it's just like, you hear about it, but it's like, well, how are they doing that? Mm -hmm. And so being able to see something like that, um, is it's yeah. almost like discipleship is a key part of Christianity. You know, it's true. It is true. I go and make disciples, but that's really encouraging to hear that they're in the middle East or central, do you say central Asia, central Asia, middle East, kind of that area yeah. that that's, something that's going on right now. And in Sicily, you have a, there was a baseball ministry was going on. That's interesting. I was wondering if the, the example you gave earlier was a real one or not. So got to film a little baseball documentary or. Yeah, that was really interesting because we did, we talked with them and we're like, so baseball in a country that soccer is the most sure. Like everybody is like, Oh, soccer. well, it's like coming to the U S and doing, um soccer i guess when football True. is the main sport in True. the u.s yeah, yeah. so um you know they do have a, a niche and they have their own baseball league mm. and it's really cool because um the organization and this church is so heavily involved in this um, baseball league that you know they're ministering to like everyone on the team and then i know um, the missionary that we send out there is on on the team and plays and and he um is a light not only in um not raging uh, uh which oh. is like a huge <laughs> which is like a huge like cultural thing they do they just get mad um at the umps and just like i don't know oh it's, really it's weird yeah interesting in, in baseball and uh but like he he hosts bible studies afterwards with with the guys in the baseball group and okay invites them to their church and stuff so that's cool a little a little unconventional but that's yeah, that's perfectly fine if it's if it's working and it's a thing to get really mad at the umpires there yeah it's it's a weird cultural thing he was like it's it's very different than the u.s baseball is, is a little bit more of a classy sport in the u.s yeah um, i guess more maybe not classy but like traditional you, you only get mad at the umpire when like you have to Right. You know, like sometimes managers go out there to like start a fight with the umpire because he's got to get the team fired up or it was a really bad call or something. But in Italy, it's just kind of like yeah. every little thing. It's like common practice. You just cuss out the umpire. <laughs> the umpire. Yeah. It, I don't okay. Know. It's different. How about in the uh, in the Middle Eastern context? Was there any cultural differences that you noticed while you were there on filming that you can speak to um so i didn't get to experience as much as i wanted to because uh 
I was I like to try local foods and it was oh. a little bit hard there because they have a water problem. Um, ah. And we went to a place and I wasn't warned about the salads and mm. they wash their salads in the water. And so I got sick and, and unfortunately was not able to experience as much as I wanted to. But I was able to see some leaders in the local church and one guy just like his faith was incredible something i'd never seen he just he didn't speak very much english mm -hmm. but he could and i wasn't saying anything i was just like standing in the back trying not to look sick and he just walks <laughs> up to me out of nowhere and he's like i want to pray healing over you like oh, like a okay. few like very broken english mm -hmm. and then he did he put his hands on me and and started praying for me and like, like how did you know i was sick <laughs> and i don't know maybe it was obvious but and then the amount of faith he had just to be like, you know, healing upon you and hearing about the same man, like praying demons out of people and hmm. the amount of faith he has and stuff like that. So, so just very, um, I don't want confrontational. That's not the right word. Uh, direct, just very yeah. direct, not very, not an indirect speaker. You don't see, I, I've heard in, in the studies I've been doing that we are actually a very direct culture how we speak with one another um but in a church setting i don't know if we see that as much at least in the um at least in the the non-denominational evangelical world that you and i swim in of i'm just going to walk right up to you and hey i can tell you're not feeling well i'm going to pray for you right now like i feel it seems like that is where the indirect stuff more so comes in of right. just pray healing over everybody god we invite you into this in general you know right Interesting. yeah absolutely and they, and they take it so seriously i mean that's the cool thing about that culture is like you have to because when you follow christ you're abandoning like everything you're not abandoning your family but your family's kicking you out mm. because you know how how can you go against um islam and mm. it, it's it's very difficult so like it's just so interesting seeing how the church and the, and the holy spirit manifests and works through mm. the people in such a, a direct way and mm. i will say though also it is a much more spiritually dark place where you know you do see like it whereas people in america like when you say oh do you believe in demon possession like some people just or some christians might not be sure like oh mm -hmm. does it exist today i don't know there it's like there's so much spiritual darkness they're like oh yeah oh. like even non-believers even I, islam people are like really oh yeah i i've heard that before that in other countries um not specifically the middle east but i've heard with africa uh there's a lot of spiritualism in general there but that you're right here in America. I've, I've heard it said before that it's, it's movie, it's movie stuff. You know, it's the exorcism. It's, it's entertainment, it's paranormal activity, but, and so we're able to kind of compartmentalize it that way of like demon possession and all that stuff. It's just, right. you know, it's not real or it just makes for a good story. Whereas in these other countries where they take spiritualism more seriously or see it more often, they're it's like a no-brainer like yes this is a real thing right so there's a prior documentary that you made uh before your time with go court that i want to talk about but before before we go to that is there any other stories you would like to share with us things that are going on that how god is working in other countries yeah i mean i will share one more story of a girl in this country uh, that we were just talking about in um, Central Asia, who we we got a few stories from her, and, and God has done some pretty incredible stuff in her. She's she's a girl we sent, so she's from California area, and we just uh, made a little five minute documentary about her um, about God, like showing her that going overseas is his desire for her heart uh desire for her and 
one of the routes that she could take. Mm. And um, she very much, um, you know, saw that there that there's not always one path, but um, this one is going overseas it is definitely something that is clearly called to from Christ of making mm. disciples of all nations. I mean, that's yeah pretty obvious. And, and there was a lot of need in this country. And so she uh, felt very strongly called to it from the Urbana Missions Conference, um, mm. which is a conference coming up in December this year. I think uh, I just so, saw a Facebook ad about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be there and, and we wanted to come out with her, her story because it's it's so cool um, and it correlates so perfectly. And hmm. the she's long term missionary now in this country, and she has streamlined the ability to have Westerners come in and learn uh, such a difficult language and culture oh. much quicker than it took her. It took her about five years. And she wow. has made this program now um, to make it feasible within about two. Um, wow. And that's more than just language learning and cultural learning. That's also like dealing with the government and finding visas and being able to stay in the country and stuff. That's, like that. that has to be so helpful. I mean, just learning the language and the customs alone, I'm sure it's a big deal. But to also know the ins and outs of uh, be able to teach the ins and outs of getting a visa or work or whatever needs to be like, yeah. And that goes to show along with what you're doing that mission work isn't just I'm parachuting into a jungle somewhere and finding some natives and telling them about the gospel. Like there's there's additional steps that go into it that is still considered mission work. Like you're telling these stories so people can know what God is doing and maybe through the power of the Holy Spirit be convicted to or be led to support these missionaries or to pray for them, or this young woman is making it streamlining it. Like you said, more possible for people to get into these situations, get into a difficult area to be able to start presenting the gospel on a quicker basis to take it from five years to two years. That's pretty impressive. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> she, yeah, she does. She's uh, pretty smart. If somebody wanted to watch these, are they available to the public? Yeah, we're trying to grow our YouTube channel, actually. Um, it's just gocorp.org. That's G-O-C-O-R-P-S. Okay. Uh, .org. It's not .org. It's YouTube. So oh, it's, it's YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube.com. Slash gocor. Uh, just gocor. Um, yeah. Okay. And they're like, you, you mentioned in this one, I forgot to ask this earlier. You said that her video was like five minutes long. Is that typical length for these stories? Like a couple minutes long? Ten, yeah. Five, ten minutes? We try to keep them under 10 minutes, five, we found, um, we think is a sweet spot. Uh, it's just like, we don't want a lot of people like don't have a whole lot of time, mm -hmm. um, to watch these, sure. uh, but at the same time we want to make it engaging and, and there's just a lot of content sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Well, how about this? If you're interested in checking those videos out, listeners, I'll put a link in the description for this episode so you can very easily find the YouTube channel to hear some of these stories and learn about what baseball is like in Sicily. Prior to your GoCore experience, I think one of the first mission trips that you took after we became friends is you headed out to Vanuatu. Now, for those of us who weren't great at geography, where's Vanuatu? Vanuatu is, <laughs> yeah, where is Vanuatu? That's the question. Um, it's right below Fiji. So, you know, okay. everybody's heard of Fiji. Does anyone mm -hmm. really know where Fiji is, though? That's the real question. That's true. Okay, so Australia. Okay, so you take okay. Australia, you go um, east a little bit, okay. and then you go west, west. You go north a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you go east and you go west. You go yeah. east and so kind of the northeast or northeast of Australia. Yeah. Okay. Pacific yeah. Island, well, Pacific, Pacific Ocean, Pacific Islander yes. type country. Okay. Uh, there's... Uh, I forget the number, but there are a lot of islands, um, over a hundred different languages on these islands. Wow. So, yeah. All right. And what were you doing down there? Obviously shooting a missionary documentary. What was, what was that like? Yeah. So I met with, um, a couple, Bill and Christina Whitup, and they, I told them about this 
uh, I guess it was a dream, uh, but it was something I was trying to do, which was um, being able to shoot documentaries for missionaries, videos for missionaries to help them in, in what way that might be and to share with um, us in America what the Lord's doing around the world mm -hmm. and um, kind of be that news outlet because I feel like, uh, I never use that word news outlet, but I, I feel like that's something that's not heard of a lot. All right. of what is God doing in specific places. And so they encouraged me. They were like, you know, if that's something you want to do, then come out and, and shoot it, mm -hmm. shoot our story. Okay. And I was like, yes, you're <laughs> the people God sent you to say that because I have said this to a few missionaries and not sure what response I was supposed to get, but realized like it was this, it was you saying, ah. believe in me, come shoot my story sure and so that was it i took a step of faith i support raised for that trip wasn't sure what to expect i knew certain things needed to be in place but i was like you know we're just gonna go i don't even i didn't even write very much up i tried to do research on like what story to tell beforehand but i was like lord i'm stressed because i don't know what story to tell and so i was like mm. we're just gonna go and see what the lord's doing and man are they doing a lot there so yeah do you want me to go into the details of all they're doing uh is it a lot <laughs> so, what's going on what's going on in vanuatu because yeah. so, obviously we're all experts on where it is so maybe yes. we really need to know what's going on there yes yeah, so let me let me give you a little quick detail on what's happening in vanuatu and then what they're doing sure so there are a lot of um languages people groups in this small country made up of a lot of different islands. So it's it's not super big as far as people and, well, and land, but mm. there's a lot of diversity um, hmm. within the tribes and the languages. And, and Vanuatu, I would say, would still be classified as one of the last um, indigenous style uh, oh. places in the world. Okay. People say like there's places in Australia that are still indigenous. Mm -hmm. Vanuatu, I would classify. They're still indigenous groups. Okay. There. Okay. Um, and so they live in, Bill and Christina live in a, a bigger city in the middle of Vanuatu. Okay. So they don't, they're not hoofing it in the village. Okay. Um, and they're kind of a centralized unit for the missionaries who are in the villages out further um, in, where you have to take boats or planes to get mm -hmm. to. And they help those missionaries to survive because you know they don't have any sort of shipments coming in regularly you can't hmm. order stuff anywhere to come to you but you talk to bill mm -hmm. and he'll get you what you need you need mood you need food for this month he'll get you food for the month like, okay it's it's like that like oh how are we gonna live oh wow okay yeah so um because a lot of these missionaries aren't gonna live uh like the villagers specifically um, and so he, he is kind of that middle ground and, um, that's the main thing he does is he hmm. makes it so, um, it's a lot more feasible and doable to live in the country with the villagers, translate the language, translate okay. the Bible into their language. Um, and they're coming up on uh, a full Bible translation pretty soon. Oh, wow. Um, I know they have. When I went there, which was what three years ago, they had a handful of books and we're almost done with the New Testament. And I think mm. we're projected to have the, the whole Bible translated within another five years. So they're coming up. Wow. And that soon. That's that's really amazing. In, into the main language, I should say. Into the main language. Oh, there yeah. Are lots of languages. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things there. So the, the Widows, it sounds like they serve almost like a middleman of we're here to literally equip you like if you need food if you need shelter if you need resources we can get those things for you also working on bible translation as well is that accurate to say the widows themselves do not do bible translation okay yes but the other missionaries that they support do okay so it's okay it's a teamwork thing missions work uh you know it's like it's like the body of christ we need people in lots of different categories and areas Sure. In, in order to make it work well and, and healthily. So mm -hmm. that's 
I would say that's the main thing that he does. Now they do other things. Like I said, they do a lot, but mm -hmm. um, okay. Yeah. The main, that's the main thing that they do. Okay. Interesting. And there's a lot of languages, but they're going to get the main language yeah. done here. So in about five years. Yeah. We, we'll break that down real quick. So sure. like, let's say I know Wycliffe is there. So Wycliffe has okay. some missionaries and they're um, what they do is they originally they go in and they study which, tribe is a little bit more powerful than the other tribes and hmm. their language um like if you speak their language the other tribes will probably understand you oh okay um, because sense. the languages are close enough you know sure right it's like speaking different dialects of english like if i okay. go down south i might have a hard time understanding them but right i'll still understand you're them. still speaking the same language exactly yeah. i don't say y'all but right i just don't i know what that means right I get you. Um, and while it might be a little bit more diverse than that uh, they still understand each other's languages. So they find like the main language and they try and translate that. Now, like I said, they're different islands. So there are a lot of different missionaries translating for like the, the main tribe in that island okay. type thing. And there is a trade language that is over all of them. Ah. But it's very, very, very basic and ah. hard to really understand the meat of, of the Bible in that. Okay. Um, and there is scripture translated into that language. It's just, like I said, it's not their heart language, so it can be hard for them to understand. Um, and I mean, I was there three weeks and sure. I was literally understanding the language. Oh, so it's, it's that it's extremely simple. basic. Okay. Yeah. Um, Interesting. It's, it's essentially you don't like, usually have that situation. <laughs> yeah. No, I try to think of a phrase that I could say that you would be like, oh, well, that makes sense um hmm. i can only think of to go to the bathroom which i don't know if is appropriate god but so like if you say you have to go to the bathroom no matter whether you're going number one or number two or however you want to say it, it's you say it in one way and it's migo pis pis oh okay that makes sense right yeah okay and that covers the whole thing like there's no i don't even think there's a him and a her there's just like one gender like a possessive yes type of pronoun yeah. interesting huh and I, I, I could see why then translating scripture into that language would probably be very quick, but also still very difficult trying to get, you know, Paul is, Paul and Luke are very eloquent, very detailed in their right. writings right. to bro boil it down to that would be very difficult. Yeah. A, a funny word I will share is a helicopter. They, they like to share this one because some guy saw a helicopter and he was like, what is that? And he called it uh, in English. Actually, no, this is uh, how you would say it. Mixmaster Blong Jesus, which is Blong is a word they use a lot. So Mixmaster, okay. like a, a blender, like okay. a Mixmaster. Sure. Blong belongs to Jesus because Jesus would fly, right? He would go up in the air. Interesting. Mix match belong Jesus. I know I said that very like woodenly. But... No, but it's like <laughs> it's just funny. It's an interesting language. That is an interesting language. And that's like I said, this isn't their heart language either. Like this is just okay. a trade language, so sure. that they can kind of communicate right with you know Westerners or other countries. Which would also make sense then why it would be very simple, very streamlined. Exactly. Because you just want your stuff. Exactly. <laughs> if it's if it's a trade trade language, you just want the fish or whatever they right. whatever they predominantly eat down there what do they eat down there is it fish uh it's not actually it's, okay that's odd they don't eat the fish which is weird um i don't know they oh they eat fruit that so a lot it's of fruit. like okay. yeah it's like a volcanic like hawaii like there's a lot of fruit oh that okay that makes sense and so they eat like coconuts and lots of things like their avocados are huge and so good Wow. Yeah. Just so you all know, his hand gesture was like the size of a softball when he was talking about the yes, avocado. They're very like, large. That's crazy. Man, now I'm a little jealous. So other than the language then, uh, were there any cultural experiences that you had down there that were different or maybe not what you expected or obviously different from what we have up here? Yeah. So when I went down there, there was a lot to take in because I was constantly like trying to figure out what to shoot that was important. What do I mm. not need to shoot? Sure. Uh, when can I, you know, take a break and not have to worry about shooting? Do I, should I always be shooting? Okay. Um, these are things that we think about and better reasons why writing 
a script was helpful. Makes sense. Right. Um, so culturally I, I learned a few things and one interesting thing is, um, I know a lot of other cultures do this too, is that they don't, they're not as direct, but mm. even less so than here. So like if I were to go up to you and say, Hey, um, would you run down to the store and get some bread for me? Okay. And you didn't want to do it. You wouldn't say no. You would say, you would pawn it off on someone else usually be like, oh, oh, why don't you ask Claire? Okay. And if Claire didn't want to do it, she'd say, go ask Brandon. You just go back and forth. Yes. And this <laughs> is what happens. You'll never really get a no. It's, it's interesting. Interesting. Or like if you ask for directions, you mm -hmm. don't know if they're actually giving you directions or not because they're not going to tell you they don't know they're just going to point somewhere and say it's that way oh so that could be difficult yes there's a lot of difficulty with that yes so so it's indirect but in a way where you're like passing it to other people you're not going to say no right out right because yeah. we've taught we've studied a little bit so far in the class where there's some cultures where you'll like in some indirect cultures, I don't want to give any specifics. I don't want to misspeak for another culture, but it's almost like, it's almost like half a thought type of thing. Like you're expressing more of like a, well, you know, there is this option, but as a way of, you know, trying to get somebody to realize this is what I want to do rather than what you're asking me to do. Interesting. Yeah. I, I guess you could say it like that. Um, yeah, it's just like you don't want people to know that you don't know what you're talking about or hmm. if you don't know the answer or if you don't want to do it, then you just don't tell them no. You just... Is it is there a little bit of like shame that goes with that if you don't know something there or? I don't know. I mean, okay. I didn't I didn't look too much into is it a shame honor society or is it okay. uh, a fear respect society, Okay, which are the two types of societies that are not legalistic like the U.S.? Hmm. Um, uh, I would assume, yeah, it's probably something, something around one of those. Okay. But I mean, another part of that culture there is like, you don't, a lot of people there don't really work because like food is so abundant. Oh, like you don't really need to work. It's always warm. That's crazy. And it's, <laughs> um, you don't, a lot of people like just live in little shacks just because they don't really want to work. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it has its pros and cons. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it's a lot of people might describe it as like island life. Like mm. If you know what that means, if you've been around a lot of islands, like, mm -hmm. oh, it's just chill. It's it's relax. Enjoy the beautiful island that you live on. Sure. Um, and you don't really need to work, mm. which is an interesting mentality. It is. We definitely don't have that. No. We don't really have much to look at here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's true all right well are there any other stories you would like to share from your experience in gokor or any other mission documenting experiences you have had man um i i try to continue to look forward at um at what's next mm -hmm. and i think it's it's a bad habit of mine i don't take enough time to to look backwards at mm. um at what the lord's done in my past sometimes and so i feel like i miss stories that way like mm. oh I, there was this story that i i, I lived through mm. so you know right now as i'm sitting here i don't um I don't have no idea. Is there any is there any places you're hoping to go soon or uh any stories you're looking forward to telling here pretty soon through GoCore or Yeah. Uh I know right now um I haven't put together I know we had uh, three or four other countries that I wanted to go to when we were looking at last year but right now we've kind of put that on the back burner because we are getting ready for the abandoned missions conference, Ah, okay. Uh, which is going to be a huge thing for us this year. Um, how we get a lot of students. Um, we are partnering with, um, them to try and be a, a key mobilizing organization with them that students can find their way to the placement that fits them better. 
So okay. we're gearing up to give our best foot forward for this exhibit or this it's the end of December for this uh, exhibit booth we have. Nice. Well then on that note, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode for today. So thank you first off for coming out on this chilly fall evening, coming over to do this episode. Where can people go to support you or even support other GoCore people who have been sent out? Yeah, no, great question. Um, so yeah, I do have a support team and um, Brandon is uh, one of my supporters and I thank him very much. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, if you guys want to support me, it's gocore.org slash give. Um, and you would um, enter the way that you want to give and then you would just put my name in um, for staff, um, Jamie Taves. But we have a lot of goers who are always support raising right now. We have uh, a group of five girls that are support raising um, and a couple of them are having a lot of difficulty. So um, I would um, plug Abby um, and your Moira, because um, they are having difficulty support raising and um, seeing, I know from experience support raising myself, seeing random um, givers donating is like the most encouraging thing. And it's mm. just a huge sign of like, wow, like God is, I didn't even ask this person. And like God, God's looking out for me type of thing. So sure. I'd encourage that. And you can do that in the same way. Um, gocore.org slash give okay. and there should be a drop down you can pick um you know how you want to give uh, you can drop their name in so all right and you said it was gocore.org slash give yep that's okay. g-o-c-o-r-p-s all right i'll put that in the description so you guys can find that link and i might text you about it to make sure i have it right later and i'll also include a link to the youtube channel so they can see some of these stories for themselves as well. And you can find links to all the other stuff, Facebook and Instagram, uh, MSLs, Facebook and Instagram, the shop, the website. If you listen to the show, you know all this stuff already. Thanks for listening. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, please consider rating and reviewing on whatever platform you're listening to. I don't know if Amazon Music does rating and reviewing, but if you can, you should do it there because we're now on there. Yeah. It's a recent edition. Uh, Anytime I have a guest on the show and we get to this part where we're right here at the very end, I always like to end it on a fun note. We've had, we've had a good serious conversation, a nice light one to send us home. A normal podcast would do this at the beginning. I chose to do it at the end. It's also fun to catch the guest off guard. So for those of you who don't know this, Jamie is the guy who broke me and finally got me into playing games. I hated playing board games and card games until Jamie started inviting me over and over again for game nights and it finally broke me. And now I like playing games or at least most games. So as the game expert, Jamie, what is your all time favorite game? And also what is that one that you hope to never play again? Man, what a great question. <laughs> You know, since I've had kids, I, I uh, haven't been able to play games as much as I want to. But I will say, um, I don't know if I'd say my all-time favorite, but right now it's a game that like I really think is awesome. It's called Wingspan. I've heard that I've one's heard. really good. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it used to be super expensive. It's come down in price. Um, mm. But it's all about birds, and every single card is a different bird. It's incredible the amount of detail that's gone into the game. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, super fun. A game that I don't really care for, that I used to really like, actually, um, it, uh, and it's kind of ironic because we have a bunch of them, is Villainous. Um, and okay. it's because the balance system is just wonky because they're trying to stay true to the abilities of like that villain mm -hmm. and the story and like you have to interact with other villains and it just it it's always lopsided with different characters and it's, it's a lot to it yeah i haven't played wingspan but everything you said is definitely what i keep hearing is that 
It's really good and also very beautiful. I guess the art design is really good for it. And I, I have played my fair share of Villainous. Actually, you, you bought me uh, Marvel Villainous, and it can be very lopsided, you know, depending on whatever villain you're playing as. Like, you, if you want to win Marvel Villainous, in my experience, you play as a Warmonger. He has the easiest, he's got the easiest task right. in the whole game. Right. Um, Thanos is really difficult. <laughs> you have a lot to do with Thanos. I, uh, I would say for my two, I don't know if it's my, there are some games that I always really enjoy playing. Sushi Go is one of them. I always enjoy playing Sushi Classic. Go. Uh, but I think my all-time favorite is is Dominion. I really like deck building games. I think of all the options, that's the one that works for me. A lot of board games, like sometimes it's hard for me, especially when we play them for the first time, it's hard for me to keep up with everything that's going on and my card to do this, but your cards can make me do this. And I just get very lost and just accept that I'm going to lose and grab another handful of Doritos. Like that's just, <laughs> that's, but deck building games, I it work for me. They're a little bit more like straightforward and, you know, you're just, you are really just focusing on yourself and like, how am I going to build my whatever to make it work the best for me to win? And Dominion's got the fantasy element too. It's really fun. Dominion is a classic. I I also, there's a few that I really like and, mm -hmm. and, and Dominion's one of them as well. So. I never want to play electronic catchphrase ever again. <laughs> I, 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 I hate that game. I, yeah, we played it once. It was a small group night or something. Yeah, I remember that. And I was so frustrated. I just, it's just not for me. I don't like that game. Yeah, it can be hard. Yeah, you get like one word that's like extremely easy, like bread or something. Yeah, and then you get some other word that you've never heard of, and it's like, yeah. what in the world? You get like a very specific person who was on SNL in the '90s. Yeah, right after answering rice, you know, like <laughs> it's again very lopsided. Very lopsided. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again for being here. Appreciate you a lot, buddy. And thank you all for listening to this episode. Come back next week where we'll have our second missionary interview where my friend Nate, who is a missionary down in Uruguay, will be on the show talking about missions in Uruguay. But until next time, remember, theology is for everybody. So keep on studying. So what did you have for dinner tonight? We had this soup that my wife makes. It's, I have no idea what it's called, but it's got like these really little ravioli meat things in okay. it. And she's, she's going to get on me for not knowing the name of it because I should know <laughs> the name of it because she makes a lot. It's really, really good. Okay. Yeah. But it's not raviolis. No, no. It's it's definitely soup and they're, they're little tiny like meat or cheese ravioli Tor tortellini 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 Thank soup you. that's the word that is good stuff my mom my mom makes that that's good yeah we had uh italian beefs oh yeah italian beef yeah that's always a good one that's always a good choice yeah